Hello and welcome to the You Matter to Christ podcast. Many of our listeners and guests call this podcast an experience because throughout the variety of extraordinary people we have on the show, you'll hear stories of overcoming trauma, hitting record-breaking business goals, people forgiving the unforgivable, and yes, even miracles that will shock and inspire you. On this show, you'll hear from professional athletes, entrepreneurs, and everyday people from all walks of life. Discover the profound truth that regardless of your background or circumstances, you matter deeply to the creator of the universe. You were made for a purpose, and you matter to Christ. Get ready for inspiring stories, personal testimonies, and uplifting messages that remind us of the unchanging love and grace available to all. And remember this, you matter to Christ. Hey everybody, Chad Burmeister, and I'm your host of the Living a Better Story podcast. And what an amazing guest we have today, David Bush. I met uh, several years ago in Los Angeles, and we went to a racetrack and raced around the racetrack. And uh, I got to know him quite a bit over a three, four-day period. And so I'm really happy to reconnect. We're connected on Facebook and other social channels, so I feel like we're talking all the time, uh, even though we don't talk as much as, as we should. But uh, really great to have you on the show today, David. And um, I believe your company's called The Extraordinary Life. Fitting. Yeah, thanks for having me, Chad. It's always a pleasure and honor to hang out with guys that are living extraordinary lives. And I love what you're doing with Live a Better Life and just the whole uh, concept of creating a better story for your life. Um, such a, a heartfelt passion of mine. And I know we share a lot of commonalities and common interest and common friends. And so, uh, yeah, even though we haven't spent a tremendous amount of time together, I do feel like you're That's a brother right. from another well, mother. Man. Today was a great day because it was movers trip number four into the new house. And I have to say one of the most exciting things that happened is that the day we didn't even get the keys that day. It was kind of a funny story. Um, the loan pushed by four days. So the movers were in transit and it was just funny, but this was on the counter that day. Live an extraordinary yeah, life. Buddy. So it just it really, really hits home when you know when when everything just kind of lines up. And so I really appreciate you sending the book that day. That was amazing. Yeah, I'm super excited to talk about it and just help others that uh, are watching or listening to this to, to give them some strategies, some tips, some encouragement, some motivation. Uh, maybe something we say today is kind of like that missing number in the combination lock of living their extraordinary life. And once they find that number, uh, yeah. things just start happening. And I know that you and I have experienced those breakthroughs. So I'm excited to be able to share with others and hopefully be a part of that uh, unlocking well, process. Let's help if our will. audience get to know who you are. Um, I've, I've changed it up in 2022. So if you were to ask your friends and colleagues, um, family, maybe what are the top three words that you would use to describe David? What do you think your friends and peers would say? I'd say probably, uh, encourager. Um, I would say that's probably one of my top traits, gifts, talents, skills is that, uh, I'm oftentimes the encourager. 
Optimistic would probably be another one. Uh, you know, I oftentimes look at the uh, glasses half full versus half empty. Um, and then the last one I would probably say is probably uh, driven or achiever. Um, those are just some maybe some common words that uh, would come to me. But yeah, I'd, I would love to do that exercise sometimes. I may have to challenge or accept your challenge on that and ask uh, people around me to give me the three words that they think of. But those are the three things that I probably would say I'm the most known for is uh, oftentimes just being the person that sees the perspective um, that's always positive. Um, you know, this this is not happening to me, it's happening for me. Uh, and I've learned that, you know, I'm, I'm almost 50 and I had to go through a lot of failure to learn that perspective. But based upon my own passion in living an extraordinary life, I've had a chance to find out that um, opportunity is everywhere. Um, and that's one of the exercises that I, I do in the book. And uh, I would love to, to go through that with people to help them to see where opportunity may lie in their life right now, even though it may be disguised as adversity or it may be disguised as disappointment or discouragement or failure. That could very well be the thing that creates the breakthrough. Well, on this podcast, we're, we're right around 100 episodes, and that's the common theme. Because I'll ask, what's the traumatic event you have experienced? And a lot of people go, which one? <laughs> you know? And then I ask, mm -hmm. where did God undeniably show up? And almost 10 times out of 10, it's in those moments. So you're totally right. You just sometimes have to take a breath, pause, try to go up a notch, right? If you can go up to 10,000 feet and look down at yourself as the, as the person in the video game, and then make changes to that person in the video game, man, it's a different experience when you do it that way. Um, so let's go back a little bit. If you go to very young, um, five, six, seven, where did you grow up and what, what was your kind of passion or what did you think about when you were a kid? Yeah, so I grew up in Southern California. Uh, I live in Iowa now. We call it God's country because only God knows where it's at on the map. But, uh, you know, I, I grew up a Southern, Southern California kid, uh, grew up. Um, in a pretty remote area where grew up on a freshwater lake, did a lot of water skiing and things of that nature. And so most of my uh, memories from being a kid around that time period were uh, swimming, um, skiing, you know, on the boat with my family. Um, we were water skiers and did all the stuff uh, that most boaters do. But uh, that was probably the, my biggest uh, memory or from a family perspective. Um, but I think the, the most impactful one was that uh, I was the, um, the grandson that looked a lot like my grandfather. So out of 11 grand, grandchildren, I was kind of the one that looked the most like my grandfather and on my mom's side. And uh, my mom's dad passed away of a heart attack at the age of 47. And uh, he was a security guard and actually was at the L.A. Coliseum and was a... A security guard at a Rams football game and he actually played in the LA Coliseum he went to University of Southern California and he was a standout uh, football player in high school and went on to college and played college football at USC and then became a teacher and then became a security guard and then died in the same place that he lived his his own childhood dream of playing college football for a major university like USC and so from a very young age Chad I was kind of the, the heir apparent in the area of football. So I think that football became a big part of my identity. Um, I was a heavy kid. Uh, my 
my uncle used to say that you could step on my foot and my mouth would open. Uh, I was like a trash can. You could throw all the leftovers away. And I kind of em embraced the role because it was something I was good at. Uh, I was pretty athletic as a young kid. Even though I was a bigger kid, I typically had, you know, some athletic ability to run, catch, you know, all the stuff that football players do. And so from a very young age, I kind of dreamed about the idea of kind of fulfilling my grandfather's dream, which was to play college football and then play at the much higher level of playing professionally. But that's probably my, my biggest uh, childhood memory in addition to wow. my lake times. Um, on the lake, I, I, I've only been on lakes a handful of times and, you know, skiing and I, I'm a snow skier as opposed to a water skier. Uh, but but skiing's fun on the lake too. Um, did you find the encourager skill that you talked about now, did it start to show up for you back then at all, do you think? That's a good question. I, I think that the big life lesson that I learned from um, being in the water ski world was that um, you never achieve something until you were willing to embrace the failure. So, you know, if you think about getting up on a water ski or getting up on two skis or anything for that matter, um, it requires failure. Most people don't do it the first time. And, you know, you oftentimes, if you're in the boat and somebody's learning to ski, you become a great encourager, right? You're telling them to keep their knees bent and their arms straight and lean back. And, you know, you got to hold on. That's the one thing about water skiing that I oftentimes will use as an analogy. I didn't include this in the book, but the concept is, is that usually there's an extreme amount of um, strain before the breakthrough. You know, <laughs> there's oftentimes the breakdown before there's the breakthrough. And a lot of people feel that extreme stretch when they're water skiing. And what happens oftentimes is they let go of the rope or they don't want to fail. And, uh, they oftentimes will quit trying. So, you know, they try to get up and they do it two or three times and they go, ah, I've experienced the failure. I'm becoming a burden. People are laughing at me in the boat. You know, if I'm making funny mistakes or if I, you know, drown myself holding onto the rope and not letting go after I fall, um, the, the risk of more failure is not worth the reward of learning how to do this. And that was something that I picked up at an early age is that um, I learned how to embrace that failure, listen to the perspective of other people that knew how to do it. And then once I learned to hold on and learn to keep my knees bent and my, my arms straight and I leaned back, I got planed out of that water and that extreme stretch that, you know, was trying to pull me out of the water was actually leading me to something that was much more extraordinary than what it felt like to be in the water trying to ski you know, or being in the boat watching other people going, man, that looks like a lot of fun, but uh, I have to learn how to do it. Um, so wow. again, once you learn how to do two skis, then you learn how to do one ski and then you learn how to do other things. And, and then once you prove to yourself that you're able to go above and beyond what's usual, regular and customary, which is the definition of, ex of extraordinary, by the way, you start realizing that there's some exceptional living that's available, which is the whole concept of living a better story is just that there's actually better living on the other end of this stretch or this pull um, in your life. And so, so many people I've talked to just in, they let go of the rope too early and they give up on that concept of learning how to do something because they have failed at it. And they think that they're a failure versus looking at failure as the bridge to success or a bridge to a better life. Wow. So. Well, you bring back a memory because I remember the very first time, and I haven't had this memory in decades, 
I held on to the rope forever. Like I wouldn't let go. And I remember I had a yellow swim trucks on and they were luckily, you know, you've got skis on. So it, it holds them on at least at the feet. <laughs> so I'm swimming. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes the whole shooting match goes down if you don't have a good drawstring. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there I don't think there was a drawstring on this. But it was comical. And I, I remember it was not a but because you're so competitive, it's like, who cares? Let's go again. And then the second memory was this guy who was really good at a camp. And he was rooster tailing all over the place. And then the ski delaminated and cut him right on the kneecap. And it was crazy because I had this gotcha shirt on that I had won from a skateboarding competition. And they're like, we got to give him a tourniquet. Who's got a, who's got a shirt? And I'm like, oh, man, are you serious? <laughs> but, yeah, it was pretty scary. It looked like sharks had taken care of that guy in the water there. <laughs> Yeah, I've definitely seen some pretty amazing injuries in the water ski world. And that's the risk, right? Is that, you know, to live a better story, to live an extraordinary life, you have to be willing to risk sacrifice right. and pain and problems and other things that come along with it. But, you know, if you don't make that a part of your life, you get the opposite, which is the regrets, yeah, right? right? The feelings of insignificance, the feelings of not achieving your dreams or the feeling of maybe not passing that on to the next generation or generations. Uh, everything has a consequence. And so, you know, what, what oftentimes like Jim Carrey once said, you know, you can go after your dreams and fail or you can, or you can accept ordinary opportunities and also mm -hmm. fail. Which way do you want to fail? And that's what I see a lot of people is, is that they're living an ordinary life and they're not taking risks. They're not challenging themselves to do things that are hard. And therefore, they're living an ordinary life. And in, in America, that's a pretty good life, right? I mean, you don't have, like, you're not walking the streets typically in America. Most people are living a middle-class life. They have just enough money uh, to provide for their needs. They have maybe a nice car, a nice house. But they don't oftentimes have fulfillment. They don't have significance. They don't feel confident. They don't feel successful. And that oftentimes is reserved for those people who are willing to do extraordinary things. And I'm not talking about like, you know, climbing Mount Everest. I'm talking about doing something that matters to you, like living your calling or, you know, like for me, one of the things I achieved last year was running in a marathon or running a half marathon. Um, I had grown to a 5k and then I started doing super sprint triathlons and I'm a big guy. I'm not somebody that likes to run, but I started tackling some things that were extraordinary because of what they made made of me. You know, I, I, Jim Rohn says, the more you learn, the more you become, the more you become, the more you achieve, the more you achieve, the more you want to learn, the more you, more you learn, the more you become. And it just keeps growing. And once I experienced that, uh, like anything, water skiing, football, any experience that you have, you oftentimes experience a higher level of joy and fulfillment if you continue to chase things. And average people today are just not oftentimes chasing things because of the risk of failure and the consequences that can come of it. Just like, you know, the situation with you and the cut leg, uh, they think about the cut leg. They don't think about the experience of enjoying how to water ski. Yeah. And the um, fact that the cut leg happens sense? one in a million people, I'm sure, <laughs> you know, it's such a freak yeah. accident. Well, there are some real, real risks out there, right? So, you know, taking a, 
uh, uncalculated risk is not necessarily what I'm all about. I'm not I'm not about jumping out of airplanes without a parachute and hoping that it opens. Uh, I'm talking about, you know, if you go up in an airplane and you have a parachute and you've got a person that's trained to jump with you, you know, that's a calculated that's risk. A <laughs> it's maybe worth trying. Yeah, that's right. Well, uh, John Guyton, uh, who was also at the event with us, the thing I remember about him, one one of the many, is yabba dabba do. And he says, you know, you can always say like, well, yeah, but I could tear a meniscus. Yeah, but I could blank. Uh, yeah, but I could cut my knee open. Yabba dabba do. And it just take the step, right? As little as it is, you just have to put one foot in front of the other. Uh, and that's how you it. move. So let, let's go in it, it, traumatic events. It's always an interesting part of this conversation. Um, is there one that you're comfortable sharing that you just hit the buzzsaw of life and now looking back, you, you say, wow, that was a real shaping moment in my life. Yeah. Um, probably would say that, uh, the biggest one, um, that I can come off the top of my head would be my experience in, uh, not being as successful as I wanted to be in the football world. Uh, so I had a big dream of playing in the NFL and, you know, being a successful professional football player and dominating the competition. Uh, I got into the a thing called arena football, and I actually did fairly well. We went to the Arena Bowl championship game for those people that have seen the movie American Underdog uh, with featuring the life story of Kurt Warner. So I was the offensive center that hiked the ball to Kurt Warner. And uh, I was the center for the first three years when Kurt was with arena football. So I got a chance to uh, live that dream just kind of like he did. He went on to play in the NFL. Um, but my road came to a stop. In 1997, I actually got uh, moved to the practice squad from the active roster to the practice squad right before the championship game, which is called the Arena Bowl, which is like the world championship of arena football. And, you know, my identity was in football. And it was the very first time when I realized um, that fact, that football was my identity. And I felt humiliated. You know, people were expecting to see me. They'd ask me, you know, why aren't you playing? What happened? And all of a sudden, I started to feel all of this shame and guilt. And that was honestly what really kind of brought my life back to the Lord and where I really became uh, aware that, uh, football was not my identity and that I could be a lot of things. Um, and it didn't have to be uh, a great football player. And it was actually in that humbling experience, which was kind of like my own wilderness <laughs> before the promised land, where I actually had to wander and my relationship with Christ grew. And I came back to faith after being a wanderer. Uh, I actually became uh in a close relationship with Jesus Christ and actually was one of the guys that actually um, partnered up and led Kurt Warner to a relationship with Jesus Christ. We actually got baptized in the same lake and, uh, and we actually got baptized in the middle of the night and, uh, and Kurt actually has shared in personal conversations and in other experiences that it was that Bible study that I co-hosted in my apartment uh, that helped shaped his life um, and big, some of the big decisions in his relationship with Jesus. And so for me personally, Chad, that was the most humbling, the most challenging, but also the most fulfilling. And it was a turning point in my life where I began to think beyond football. And, you know, now here I am 25 years later writing books and encouraging people to live extraordinary lives. And 
Kurt went on to being in the Professional Hall of Fame. He won Super Bowls. And his story obviously has impacted millions of people. But had my story not taken that humbled approach, I don't know where Kurt's story would be. That's um, great. It's, yeah, it's that's a really interesting right. fact. The link in the chain is so important to, to play the part on the field of play of life that you've been given. Um, have you ever, did you ever see the, the, the singer, uh, Danny Gans in Las Vegas by any chance? No, but I'd heard about him quite a bit, man. He was good because similar thing. He was, I think it was baseball that he was supposed to play. And then he ends up, you know, hurts himself. He's in a hospital bed by a guy who was terminal, if I remember right. And he's like, look, baseball's not your identity. Get over it. And then he became a very famous singer, the man of many voices. And I must've seen it eight times. And he told that he told that same story again and again. Um, it's there's so much on the other side that you just have to be open to what God's story is for your life. Cause it, it turns out God's story for your life is better than you could have ever written. Yeah. If I, <laughs> if I could share anything that was a takeaway from this session today, it would be that if you're experiencing a breakdown, um, if you're up against an obstacle a barrier or uh, defeat, a failure, whether it's physical, mental, financial, vocational, relational, um, that's what's on the, other, on the other side. If you will allow the, the process, uh, T.D. Jakes wrote a book called The Crushing and uh, been reading through that. And it's, uh, it's amazing what comes from the crushing. Mm -hmm. If you will be open to what the crushing provides and you will be willing to work your way through it because the crushing can crush you. Uh, and you can, it can take away what, all of your hopes and dreams and you can basically just exist and survive physically, but you won't thrive unless you turn that crushing into the, the wine that comes from obviously the crushing of grapes. He talks about the, uh, the process of what crushing grapes, something that's really good, goes to something bad, and then it turns into something new. And so uh, whether you're a wine drinker or not, doesn't really matter, just, knows, just know this, that uh, if you're experiencing an, a, a breakdown, Breakthrough is on the other side. You just got to continue to trust that process and plug into you know, podcasts like Living a Better Story and some of the things that you do, Chad, to inspire and encourage people. And if the book, uh, Live an Extraordinary Life, encourages you and continues that process, I, I would feel uh, very blessed and fulfilled to hear from you. Well, we'll see if there's a Kurt Warner story on the other side of that, because I'm sure there is. And it's on the top of my stack as the next book to read. So, um <laughs> What an awesome experience, Dave. David, if people want to get a hold of you, you help them with mindset. You also help with weight kind of things as well. Can you share just a little bit about that and how can people get a hold of you? Yeah, the best place to reach me is just to go to the website, which is theextraordinarylife.com. And uh, lots of free resources in there, videos and blog posts and things that I share on a regular basis. Uh, and all of my contact information is on there as well. But in terms of the health and lifestyle coaching, yeah, um, I had a pretty transformational experience uh, back in 2009. I ended up losing 100 pounds and finding success and creating a healthier lifestyle and learning to enjoy it. And so um, I partnered with a physician-led health and lifestyle coaching program to provide people that encouragement and guidance on how to reclaim their health. Because um, one thing I've learned, Chad, is that if you don't have health, you don't have any dreams. 
to the, to the one who have who has health, they have many dreams. But to the one who doesn't, they have but one, and that's to get healthy. And there's a lot of people out there that are struggling with that. So if it serves the uh, the greater audience to uh, learn more about the extraordinary life and the book and the workbook and all the things that I'm doing, I would love them to just visit theextraordinarylife.com and reach out to me. I'd love to encourage them. Awesome. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining another Living a Better Story podcast. David Bush with Live an Extraordinary Life. Awesome conversation. I appreciate you, brother. Thanks, Chad. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, for Thank you for joining us on the You Matter to Christ podcast. We hope this journey has reminded you of the incredible truth that your life holds immense value and significance to Christ. As you go about your day, may you carry the assurance that no matter what you face, you are deeply cherished and loved. Remember, you matter to Christ. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe and share it with others who may benefit from this message. Stay tuned for more transformative episodes where we continue to explore the depth of God's love and grace. Until next time, remember that you are not alone. Christ's love is with you, guiding and strengthening you every step of the way. May your life be filled with hope, purpose, and the knowledge that you matter to Christ.